Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the early line. Live right here on Sports Grid on this Friday morning. I am Kevin Walsh, joined, of course, by Donnie Wrightside, as we have a lot to get to on the heels of Thursday Night Football. A full weekend preview, not just the NFL, but, of course, championship weekend in college football. We'll sneak in some NBA headlines as well, because we have the biggest victory in the history of the NBA, and... LeBron is out of health and safety protocols. But before we do any of that, let's bring in the man himself. Donnie Wrightside, how are we doing on a Friday morning? Doing so good. Football Friday, ready to get after this weekend, because usually we're teeing you guys up, which we will do for the NFL, but a monster weekend in college football that's going to determine who's in the college football playoff. And Kevin, before we even take the air on Monday, we will know who actually is in the college football playoff. Can't wait to get it started. Cannot wait to talk about Notre Dame's matchup in the CFP. But let's talk a little Thursday night football. The Dallas Cowboys get the job done 27-17, to covering this game going under. And we saw that total continue to tick down, and it still went under the lowest number, around 45.5, even maybe a 45 spot there. Taysom Hill finishes with four interceptions, and the Cowboys, Donnie, move to 8-4. and four. Yeah, expected the Cowboys to win that game. We had a great odds boost yesterday on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the minus 2.5 plus 100, which took me all day right up to kickoff to get Kevin on board to actually get that one through the door, but it all worked out in favor. Now, take a look at this game, Kevin. Here's exactly what we talk about by Taysom Hill. He is a sensational backup option that you can use and run the football, put some red zone packages together, and keep the defense you know, on their heels. Finishes last night, 11 carries for 101 yards. The only problem problem that he's playing quarterback full-time and he threw four interceptions you're not going to win very many games throwing four interceptions unless you're Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens Dallas Cowboys 27-17 <laughs> good win for the Cowboys an expected win for the Cowboys for the show as well it's funny because it did take a lot of convincing though it probably shouldn't have on Donnie's part to get me to bet a tremendous boost on the Dallas Cowboys, minus two and a half points on the FanDuel Sportsbook at Even Money. I hope all of you have a friend as good as Donnie that says, hey, stop overthinking this, get involved. And a big part of the reason and the, that Donnie was able to sell me was the state of the New Orleans Saints offense. But it wasn't about Taysom Hill. And as we rock up here this morning to offer the thoughts on this game, Donnie, I think you're going to hear a lot of people today Hit Taysom Hill with slander. Four interceptions cost his team the game. I have to be honest with you, Donnie. I think that's unfair to Taysom Hill. I am not sure a quarterback has been thrusted into a worse position than Taysom Hill here in this game. The running back room made up of Mark Ingram and Ty Montgomery missing one of the five best running backs in the sport unquestionably in Alvin Kamara. A wide receiver room that should never be allowed to take a field. Deontay Harris, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Jawan Johnson. I mean, what are we even talking about here? Obviously, Michael Thomas, a top five wide receiver. Nowhere to be seen. But really what pushed me over the edge, and I am sure a piece of context that will be left out of the discussion for a lot of people this morning, is not only the starting left tackle, but also the starting right tackle, missing for the New Orleans Saints, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick, and not just the starting tackles for the New Orleans Saints as the radio audience enters the fold here on this Friday morning. This is the early line live on Sports Grid Radio. Thanks for checking in with myself, Kevin Walsh, and of course, Donnie Wrightside. But Donnie, both those tackles... Also, top five players 
at their respective position. I get it. Three straight possessions down in the fourth quarter of throwing interceptions for Taysom Hill. You can't win that way. But you put Taysom Hill with basically the worst set of surrounding pieces maybe an NFL quarterback has had this season in a predictable game script, and yes, it's going to go bad. But this is not the game to me, Donnie, that puts the Taysom Hill conversation to rest. I really don't believe that. We'll see what happens also, Kevin, because last night he did get banged up here and actually had a splint basically tied to his finger for the remainder yes. of the game. We'll see how that pertains, and maybe Trevor Simeon comes back to start and Taysom Hill can still run the football, not expected to throw it. But you're right. Very rare in the NFL do you get a snapshot of what you think is going to take place. What was half of the handicap yesterday, Kevin, on the show that I kept telling you about? Did you see the game against the Buffalo Bills? I said, take the Bills out of the mm-hmm. equation. Just focus on what the Saints were doing. No tackles, no running game, no wide receivers. They could barely move the football. Now, the Saints end up scoring 17 points last night, you know, buoyed by that late, ridiculous catch and touchdown yeah. run by Deontay Harris. But the entire way, even from the first drive, you're like, boy, the Saints just moving the football efficiently is going to be hard, let alone scoring points. It played out, Kevin, exactly the way I thought it would last night. But to be fair, Donnie, and listen, I know the Buffalo Bills defense is significantly better than the Dallas Cowboys defense, but the Saints had 190 yards in that game. And here in this game against the Dallas Cowboys, they had 405. So even if you wanted to take away Deontay Harris's, you know, 70-ish yard touchdown, you're still almost, you know, doubling the mark that they put forward in that game against the Buffalo Bills. I didn't intend on coming in here today and defending Taysom Hill, a player I've been very hard on when he's been the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. But let's also not lose sight, Donnie, of 11 carries for 101 yards. Oftentimes, when a quarterback provides that type of uh, rushing effort, it's left to the side because it's about four interceptions. And again, they were costly. They lost this game a lot to do with those four interceptions. But Taysom Hill did enough here to where I'm interested in what he looks like in his next outing, especially if some of the weapons come back. Let's start to move forward here. We preview up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back here on this Friday morning live on Sports. Let's quickly finish out on Thursday Night Football because we talked a lot about Taysom Hill, and I think Taysom Hill is a big part of the story coming out of that game. But to be fair, Donnie, also, it's the Dallas Cowboys. They're now 8-4. and four. But I-, I will say a lot of times Dallas this season, Donnie, when they've won, they've won impressively. You come out of those games and like, man, that offense is, is cruising. This was a meh kind of game here for the Dallas Cowboys. They did enough to get this win, though they absolutely needed it. 
Yes, they did. And also, you know, taking one of the wagers that we had, which they said wasn't a bad night overall. I know you picked up some money there, basically broke even, but it was the Dak Prescott one and one. And that was one touchdown pass in the first half, which you got in the first quarter. And then you would needed one in the second half for a plus 135 price, which looked like it was going to be in the door. But I think you coined it appropriately here, Kevin. They did just about what they needed to do because you could see early on. And again, this is the entire handicap of the football game as well. I didn't think the Saints would have a great night offensively, and they didn't. So fast forward to the second half. Once Pollard breaks that in and you start to get above a one-possession game, it was like the Dallas Cowboys said, okay, we're fine. Let's run the football a little bit, You know, get a couple first downs, punt, don't make the big mistake. Mm-hmm. We were going to let the uh, Saints make the big mistake themselves, which they did in the fourth quarter, throw a pick-six touchdown, which basically ended the game. But you're right. You're waiting for the Dallas Cowboys to come back strong. But also, watching this game overall again, and this dates back, Kevin, to last year with the Dallas Cowboys backfield. Credit Zeke Elliott, and we talk about his blocking is sensational. You know, picking up run blitzers is fine. He is a capable running back, a power guy that can score touchdowns in the red zone. But if you're watching yesterday, that knee injury, which apparently took place like a month and a half ago, has not healed. It's so clear who the better running back is. And I guess if you just try to quantify it from a Dallas perspective and Jerry Jones and the front office, like, hey, we're paying this guy a lot of money. We can't just sit him on the bench, and he's a team leader. But every time Pollard gets the ball here, on his touchdown run of 58 yards, Kevin, he was dead to rights in the backfield for a six-yard loss and turned it mm-hmm. into a touchdown, and he's deceptive fast. This guy is an absolute blazer, and you saw the safety track. I'm like, I got plenty of time to get him. I got plenty of time. Oh, no, he ran right by me for a touchdown. More Pollard, less Zeke for me for the Cowboys moving forward. No, I mean, look, he he broke a 10-yard run, Donnie. It was the first time in about a month that happened, and it looked like he was flying. That's just the state of Ezekiel Elliott. I will say, we talked about last night on radio with some of his props. If I'm not mistaken, his rushing number, and it's hilarious, closed at 44-and-a-half, and he finished with 13 for 45 on the ground. Caution is buying such a low number on Ezekiel Elliott. The market that did work fading him, though, last night, receiving under receptions at plus 134, two and a half. Also, the yardage portion of that was no sweat. He had two catches for two yards. He actually had one target outside of a two-minute drill. Let's move forward, though, Donnie, but keep it in the NFC East as we turn to uh, the weekend preview for week 13 in the NFL. And we'll go with the Philadelphia Eagles here, staying in town, interestingly enough. Play the Giants on the road, now the Jets on the road, the birds a touchdown road favorite. 45 and a half is the over under. The big question is what to expect from Jalen Hurts and the offense coming into this game. Yes, and that's it is going to be a major question mark here because let's take a look at what the Eagles do really well, Kevin. Their big, nasty offensive line, they lean on the run of the football. That's what they want to do against the Jets. Now, the Jets overall defensively. Not too talented here. So what we're going to bring up here is, yeah, the Eagles should score points, right? They should win this game. But you go back to last week, and here was the you know issue that you have with the Eagles. They're still a young football team, and not you know, hey, well, Don, their offensive line is old. They're veterans. They got you know players on defense. I get it, but I'm talking from an organizational structure here. First year head coach, a lot of young guys on that staff, and you have an Eagles team that's now thrown into the playoff mix, trying to learn how to win on the fly. You got to beat teams like the Giants. They went up to the Meadowlands and played a terrible football game. Still had a chance to win it and yet gave it away time and time again. So this is almost a carbon copy game where you're supposed to go into the Meadowlands and beat a lowly Jets team. We'll see if that plays out. But also, if you want to run the football, which we know the Eagles do, what is the biggest impact that you can have from an Eagles running game? It's Jalen Hurts and the RPOs, where if the run is there, he can hand it off. If the run is there for himself, he can take the handoff and run it himself. Or he can throw the football. You are sort of like a play action. Now, the issue is going to be Jalen Hurts and his health and his availability for this weekend. Because if you're reading any of the practice reports coming out of Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts is practicing. But Gardner Minshew is taking a lot of snaps just in case Jalen Hurts can't go. Now, Kevin, usually you say, well, hold on, quarterbacks get banged up all the time. You see uh, Aaron Rodgers out there with a broken toe. He doesn't even practice during the week. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers offense is not built on him running for 60 to 70 <laughs> yards a game and keeping that as a threat. It's built on throwing the football, which is not Jalen Hurts' strong point. So I think that might hurt him a little bit. Also, Kevin, keep in mind the Eagles running back situation. How about when they first started running the ball? Jordan Howard was a mainstay, a power lead back. He hasn't played in two weeks. Doesn't look like he's going to play this week either. You take Miles Sanders, the young electric running back that they have. He's banged up with an ankle injury. So now you're going to lean on again a banged up Jalen Hurts with an ankle injury and Boston Scott. It makes it tough. Do I think the Eagles, Kevin, win the game? Yes, I do. Can they cover the seven? 
There's a lot to be desired with that one. I look at this spot here, Donnie, and truthfully, I feel like it's a game where the Eagles should just roll the New York Jets. Now, maybe that's unfair of me, and I'm not giving the Jets enough credit for being competitive against the Dolphins and beating the Houston Texans outright, but I'm not giving them a lot of credit for kind of being competitive against the Dolphins and beating the Houston Texans outright. I'm not. And specifically on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to be skeptical that they've really turned this much of a corner on the defensive side of the football, giving up almost 40 points per week through a month window. And then all of a sudden, you play a Dolphins team again that doesn't do a lot they got to 24 and then a Houston team right now whose offense has been struggling uh, since the Tyrod return which is quite interesting to me this Eagles team Donnie no matter who is playing running back and, and oddly no matter who's playing quarterback even if it is a Gardner Minshew they should be able to get the job done here against the New York Jets that's my expectation and also we talked about it last week in the game against the Giants and I, I like the only argument for the Giants to go out there and win that game and maybe even cover the game is it's the NFL. It's how it works. And that's exactly how it kind of played out. The Eagles had their worst offensive performance of the season and still nearly won a game if Jalen Rager had any business playing the wide receiver position. But now, Donnie, I come through and, and I mean this sincerely. I love that the Eagles are playing the Jets off of a win. The Jets are not the kind of a team that is going to be building themselves a win streak as they've only been able to muster up three wins the entire season. It puts the Eagles in a good position to me in this game here overall. Let's keep it moving though, Donnie, because the Washington football team enters in a huge game, I would say, for both teams right now up against the Las Vegas Raiders on the road. And you have a game right now where Vegas is laying one and a half. The total is 49 and a half, despite the uh, wild graphic we have there that says Vegas is laying two and a half and Washington is only getting one and a half. The Raiders are a team, Donnie, that has not had a great home field advantage. Washington enters with a lot of momentum. How do you feel about this game? I think Washington wins a football game. So the plus one and a half, plus one ten makes a lot of sense for me. And you say, okay, well, you saw the you know Washington football team handle Seattle. They have a nice little win streak together. Let's see if they can carry it to Las Vegas. Hard to go on the road to win games in the NFL. I get it. It's a dome atmosphere. Raiders are a decent football team coming off a win over the Dallas Cowboys. But having said that, Kevin, again, you look at last night with the New Orleans Saints. What was the big deficiency? They just didn't have any weapons. Wide receiver, running back, tight end. So you said, well, Donnie, the, Raider, the Vegas Raiders have some pretty good weapons. Darren Waller's not going to play in this game. Deshaun Jackson has a calf injury, which he's probably not going to play. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, he just showed up on the practice report yesterday with an injury, Josh Jacobs. So if you take away their top running back, their tight end, and their top deep threat, where is the football going? I mean, Hunter Renfro can have 10 catches for 175 yards. Sure, he can. But I like the Washington football team to go on the road, Kevin, and pick up a W in Las Vegas. I think Washington is absolutely live in the game. Vegas has, look, they're a 500 team at home, and they've allowed nearly every single opponent to come in and go over their team total so far in this building. But I do think Vegas will score enough. I'm not too deterred by a good outing from Washington's defense last week against that broken Seattle offense. I think there's points in this game, 49 and a half. I'd play the over. We take a break. We come back. More NFL previews around the corner. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, welcome back. Early line continues here on this Friday morning. A lot to continue uh, with in the NFL. I want to go over, Donna, to the top of the NFC West right now because Kyler Murray is expected back for the Arizona Cardinals, and they are positioned as a seven-point road favorite against the Chicago Bears. The total for this game, though, checks in at 43 and a half. And I just have to right off the bat bring up the team total here for the Chicago Bears in their own building is a 17 spot. It's just... So incredible to me that the expectations for this offense is so, so tremendously low here. But what are your thoughts going into Kyler Murray's return in Chicago? Uh, I think Arizona is going to win this game. I honestly do that. But at the same time, Kevin, that's seven to seven and a half, depending on what we're going to see on game day, is really too much for me to pass up on the Chicago Bears. And we've been you know, talking about the Bears all season long. The goal is to find that if you have a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields, I get it. But there's sometimes where you're saying like, hey, you know what? We have a chance to make the playoffs, you know, marginally, but they do. And what are we going to see out of Justin Fields? Well, let's make sure he's completely healthy. And this coaching staff's probably not going to be there next year. So you saw Andy Dalton play on Thanksgiving, played well. They won enough to win to extend their season so big. Because if they would have lost to Detroit, all bets would be off. And Justin Fields, no matter if he was injured or not, probably would be playing this week. So it looks like they're going to squeeze another start out of Dalton, Andy Dalton, which is a good thing. And that's what I've been saying all year. The Bears have legitimate chances to win A, football games, and B, hit their team totals because they're so depressed because of what we anticipate out of that offense. But last week, Andy Dalton goes for over 300 yards. Will he do that this week? I'm not so sure of that because the defense of the Cardinals, Kevin, is much better than Detroit. But also keep in mind for this game coming back, this is a dome team going outdoors. And yes, you know, a rested dome team, but Kyler Murray's coming back. He's going to have any rust on there. DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. is coming back. You know when you have a hamstring injury and an ankle injury, the worst thing that you want to do is go play in colder temperatures on grass. And yes, the possibility now of rain is in the forecast with winds over 15 miles an hour in Chicago. So if you're looking from a team total perspective, I do still think the Chicago Bears will get there. But also, waiting on who's going to come back at wide receiver last week more of a game time decision or a game week decision that we saw with Allen Robinson who sat that out so you figured okay he's going to get that mini bye weekend he should be back for this Arizona Cardinals game but he hasn't practiced all week and that is a major cog here because once you get him back Montgomery is a solid running back Andy Dalton is capable of running an offense in the NFL and then you still need that one-on-one big time wide receiver that you can get with Allen Robinson and it doesn't look like he's going to play in this game either I think the Bears stick around and stay under within that number of seven to seven and a half here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Not excited about it, but that's the way I lean in this one here, Kevin. I know people's uh, desire to back trends can vary, but in this game, Donnie, the Cardinals are a team that I just, I, I cannot fade them on the road. They are 6-0 and straight up. They are 6-0 and against the number. They have won every single road game by double digits. And that includes multiple road games with Colt McCoy. They're a perfect 6-0 to their team total to the over on the road. The Chicago Bears have an awful record against the number this season as an underdog here. And that is true even when they are an underdog at home. The Chicago Bears, whether it is Dalton or Justin Fields, have not given me any reason to believe that they should cover this number. The reason, Donnie, that you would want it to me be taking the Bears is a, I don't know what you're going to get from Kyler. And it's tough to be on the road. But to be fair, Donnie, if they're putting Kyler out there, I think it means that they feel pretty good about Kyler Murray getting out there. And again, they have just been unimpeachable on the road this season let's not forget the last time we saw kyler murray he was in the thick of an mvp race here i'm not 
comfortable fading the Arizona Cardinals in this spot. And again, I know trends aren't the end-all, be-all. You need that added context. They are a piece of the handicap to each and every game, not the entire pie. But you pair those overwhelming numbers to me, Donnie, and I just, I cannot get there on the Chicago Bears. I, and, I, and we talked about this as well, and I think it's so often why you prefer the team totals because it can it, it narrows things down to what you're truly, truly talking about here to where I would even say, Donnie, if people are out there saying, give me the Bears, I'm fading Kyler Murray, forget the Bears. Fade Kyler Murray in the props market. Passing touchdowns under, rushing yards under, passing yards under. That just feels safer to me than fading a group that, again, has been untouchable away from the desert this season. You're right, because the Kyler Murray props aren't going to come back as if the prop makers are saying, like, oh, if he's, if he's injured here, we're going to drop him from, let's just say, 275 yards passing in this game down to 245. That's not going to be the case. If he is healthy, they're going to strictly go off the numbers of when he's healthy and what he typically picks up. So if you're looking from that perspective, that does make a lot of sense. And also, maybe you don't need a lot of points out of the Arizona Cardinals in this game, because as I stated, no, no uh, Allen Robinson, a wide receiver, looks like a possibility. Arizona does have a decent defense. There are weather concerns. So if you get to the second half here where Arizona is up, I don't know, 21 to 10 over the Bears, they're going to do the same thing that the Dallas Cowboys did last night. Hey, let's just not extend this game. Let's limit it here. Let's run some clock. Let's punt the football, not make any mistakes. That could creep into it, which is why you're seeing that total of 43 and a half. Usually you'd say to yourself, hold on here. The Arizona Cardinals in a 43 and a half. Where do I sign up? Well, a lot of factors are going to go into that. We'll see those late practice reports because, again, it's a football Friday here on the network. I love football Friday. Why? Because we get those final practice reports so we know typically who's going to be in Sunday and who's not going to be in on Sunday. No doubt about it. Let's stick down with the top of the NFC West here. The Los Angeles Rams host the Jacksonville Jaguars. No team needs a get-right spot more than the LA Rams. Maybe no team better to get right against than the Jacksonville Jaguars. But this, to me, is less about an outright upset, unless you want to get wild, and it's about a 13-point spread for a struggling Rams team and a 48 total here in Los Angeles. And you know what? You look at this because there's two games that sort of mirror themselves on Sunday for me, Kevin. It's this one, and then it's the Colts as they're going to take on Houston. But the only difference there is the Rams are at mm -hmm. home here. Houston's going to go on the road. But it is one of those games where you're looking towards the Rams and saying, you should be able to just paint your number and get whatever you want to get. Now, also keep in mind, the same way we just talked about the Arizona Cardinals and you know the, the offense for the New Orleans Saints, where you don't have to do too much for the Rams, right? But I think it's a little bit more than that, Kevin, when we take a look at the Rams in this football game overall, because it's not so much where they're looking to just get in and get out with a victory here. This is a confidence boost game where your offense isn't working all that well. Matthew Stafford is banged up. Wouldn't it be nice for Matthew Stafford to go, I don't know, 25 or 32 for 325 and four touchdown passes and take that deep breath like, woo, all right, now we're ready for the back end of the schedule. Let's start to do some damage here. Or is it, hey, guys, with Sean McVay as a play caller, let's just not do much because the Jacksonville offense isn't, isn't very good and our defense should dominate them, and let's escape here with a 21-6 to victory. I look at the opposite end. You need a game where you say, all right, enough with pushing the alarms and the panic buttons here. We're set to make a run here in the NFL, at least in the NFC and through the playoffs. Let's get right in this game and hang 30-plus on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I, I think, Donnie, you, you look right now, and so this is where we talk about, right, trends are a piece of the puzzle. The Rams haven't covered in five games. They've been a double-digit favorite twice this year, covered in neither spot. The Jags have been a double-digit dog twice this year. They've covered in both of those spots. But I don't know if Jacksonville scores 10 points in this game. I don't. I, I mean, th their offense is pitiful, truly. One of the worst, if not the worst, in the NFL which is unacceptable because Trevor Lawrence is too talented and they have pieces in the wide receiver room and James Robinson is a good running back. And also, you're down in every single game you basically play. You should be allowed, oh, by the way, touchdowns in some of these spots here where teams are playing prevent defense, yet somehow that never comes through. And that is, to me, Don, where I feel as if the under is where I feel yeah. most comfortable in this game. This, again, and th this, to I always... Credit these to Donnie, these kind of games to the under, 45 nothing, 
under 48. Like, like just a spot where I'm not worried about how high the Rams go, Donnie, because I have no expectation for what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to bring to the table. Nine of their 11 games this season, the Jacksonville Jaguars have gone under. Pair that with the fact that the Rams have only been able to play two overs in their last seven outings here, and that is where I feel most comfortable because I agree. I'm pretty sure the Rams will go out there and get after it, but I'm still not worried about them getting after it too much here, and I think under's the safest bet. I, I think you're on to something here because you're right. Something just is broken with that Urban Meyer offense down there, but also take a look at the defensive side of the ball for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do the Rams want to do, Kevin? I said, just say get right with, right? Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, wide receivers, working Odell Beckham, have a big day in the air. But if you just take a quick snapshot of the last five games here for the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, particularly against the pass, 160 against Seattle, 229 against Buffalo, 168 against Indianapolis, 162 against San Francisco, 183 against Atlanta. Now, they've given up some yards on the ground. I understand that. But if you're giving up those ground yardage game, that means the clock is churning here. So I think it's a great look here to look at the under because you could get a blowout in this game, but at the same time, stay under the price. And that's because the Jacksonville Jaguars defense press, hey, guys. We're playing decent football. Give us some help on offense, which I don't think that offense is going to get helped out a lot because that Rams defense and defensive line should put a lot of pressure on the rookie, Trevor Lawrence. Also, talking a little bit about what to expect from Matthew Stafford specifically, again, talk about those trends. The two games where the Rams were a double-digit favorite, one against the Lions at home and one against the Texans on the road, Matthew Stafford threw for three touchdown passes and over 300 yards in both of those games. They will gladly run it up on this team. Again, they can run it up on this team and throttle down in the fourth quarter. That's the kind of spot they're in. I think the props will be fun for that game. And I think one Odell Beckham Jr. might find himself into the end zone. We pause right here on the NFL when we come back. Championship weekend in college football. Can Alabama pull the upset? We'll break that down next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. College football. A massive, massive weekend on deck. And it's incredible to me, Donna, because we basically knew that the SEC championship game would be Alabama versus Georgia. And if somebody was going to need the game, it was probably going to be Georgia. But there was a world where maybe neither team needed the game. They'd be so dominant. They'd be in such a good position. Well, well, well. What do you know? Alabama enters this game as a six and a half point underdog 49 and a half is the total and they need to cash that two to one money line ticket if they want to get into the college football playoff 
You know, and this game comes down to me. I, I think Georgia is by far the better team, which is very rare for us to say when they're matching up with the Alabama Crimson Tide. SEC country, you know, right in Atlanta. This is one of those, if you're a Georgia backer, saying finally this is our year because once and for all, we actually are better with the numbers than Alabama. But you still have to look. They just don't mm-hmm. put you through now, Kevin. You don't say, hey, they're better. Look at the spread. It's six and a half here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You're going to move on to the college football playoff. They're in the college football playoff regardless of what happens in this game. The only matter is what their actual seeding is going to be. And also, if you knock off your rival Alabama in the meantime, it just means more, as they like to say, in the SEC. This is a simple handicap for me as well, Kevin. I don't want to outsmart myself and say, hey, it's a lot of points. It's a neutral site. I don't want to hear any of that. George is the better football team. And also, if you're going to tell me that Robinson, the running back for Alabama, who Nick Saban said, quote, lower body pulled muscle, which means hamstring, Mm -hmm. calf, that he's not going to be 100% or might not play in this game, they no longer have a ground attack. So what are you doing against Georgia if you're going to be completely one-dimensional? Not very much here. I want to keep this cap simple here. Georgia's the better football team. They will win by a touchdown or more and cover the spread here for me, Kevin. The thing about Alabama, Dami, is this is a team that is not just, oh, they're not, you know, they're going up against Georgia. Alabama is actively not playing well. This is not a joke. It's not a Notre Dame gimmick. The Fighting Irish, as the season currently stands, should be foot should be in front of Alabama. But so should Oklahoma State and so should Cincinnati. It's the truth of the matter. Alabama isn't playing well. The last three SEC games for this team. No covers. And by the way, not close. A four touchdown favorite to LSU at home. They win by six. A three touchdown favorite to Arkansas. They win by seven. A three-touchdown favorite to Auburn. They win by two. Alabama's only argument to not only covering this number, Donnie, but to winning this game is that they're Alabama, that it's Nick Saban, that they have to. But and that's and that does matter. That's not irrelevant in this conversation. But I need more than that because how? Why do they shut Georgia down? Or is Bryce Young going to go out there and be miraculous? Because I have to tell you, Donnie, if the last performance they put forward was Arkansas, like, you know what? At least they can score, and maybe it'll be a shootout, and it's whoever has the ball last. But the last thing I watched from Alabama, Donnie, is basically be completely unable to move the football against Auburn. What now against Georgia? And it's so it's one of those things you never want to fully I'm fading Alabama in a must win as well. But I can't come up with a reason that they are even really all that competitive in this game. No, and I also think you're actually getting a discount here on Georgia this week. Let's rewind the tape last week to the Iron Bowl, Alabama versus Auburn. Let's say this game plays out where Alabama didn't even score in the fourth quarter, Kevin, as they entered in 10 nothing there. This line is double digits this week. So you say, okay, it was a nice win. They came back and won. Auburn was a shell of its former self of what they anticipated coming into the season here. Backup quarterbacks, backups, what are they, 6-6, six and 6-5 six, six and five coming into that game? They were horrendous this year, and they dominated Alabama for large portions of the game when the only thing Auburn could do was throw a slip screen pass, and that was the only offensive production, and it seemingly was good enough to beat Alabama. Now, Alabama coming in this game, so typically, let's just say if Robinson is out. So on the season, as you look, the number one running back, two and three running back, are not going to play here. So if you can't run the football already against Georgia or have an effective running back out of the backfield, which Robinson does so many things for that offense, I just don't see them winning this game. And again, I think you're getting a discount here. Anything south of a touchdown, I'm taking Georgia in this game. And look, you say maybe, oh, Donnie, it was a look-ahead spot for Alabama. They've been looking ahead since October? Come on. It, but, Donnie, like, yes, it's the Iron Bowl. You're not allowed to look past the Iron Bowl. Donnie, how long have they been looking ahead? S- since they lost to AM? They're like, ah, it doesn't really matter. What are we even talking about here? I- again, it's, it's just the state of Alabama right now. I know it's their scary team to fade, but think of it more so that you're backing a Georgia Bulldogs team that has been excellent. I think maybe the second biggest game, Donnie, is Cincinnati Houston. I really do. The Bearcats 
have caught everyone's eye. They obviously just need to win this game, is the opinion for a lot of people in terms of getting into the college football playoff. I'm not so sure that is true. But nevertheless, the total is 52 and a half. The spread is 10 and a hook. What do we think here for Cincy Houston? Yeah, big game, obviously, in Nippert Stadium. You're getting some decent weather here, Kevin, in December here up in Ohio, about 52 degrees, 52 degrees and light winds. I guess you're probably saying you would like it a little bit colder here since Houston is a southern team coming up north to play this game. But let me tell you something here about betting a college football game this weekend because I got it mapped out perfectly. And I don't like the tone that you're taking here in an approach to this game telling me that if Cincinnati wins by like four points, they're going to be left out because mm. that means my 350 mm. ticket up in smoke and then my money line wager with Houston to try to play off some of that plus 350 money would be up in smoke as well. And yes, mm. there's a lot of disrespect going on here towards my Cincinnati Bearcats. They are going to be in the college football playoff because I think they're going to win this football game. But also, Kevin, looking at this number. To me, like we've seen Cincinnati move the ball with ease this year when they want to. Same thing with Houston. You know, tune at, qu at quarterback here. That is a really good Houston team, a top 20 team heading into this game. Mm. Why are we looking at this over-under, which opened up at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Kevin, at 56 and a half, and now shows 52 and a half? Am I missing something here? Or is it the fact that I've been saying all week long, hey, look at this game here. They just have to win. In the fourth quarter, if they're up double digits being Cincinnati, it's about first downs and not touchdowns, where just two weeks ago, it was more about touchdowns than first downs late in the game. Any rhyme or reason, Kevin, to your thought process on that 52-and-a-half and what to expect here? Uh, they're trying to bait me? I don't know. I, Don, I can't, yeah. get, I can't get agreed on this number whatsoever. Cin this is a home game for Cincinnati, which means the fact that they're averaging 40 points per game in this yeah. on this field is relevant. Also, it means it's a road game for Houston. Five of their six road games have gone under. I, I, this is going to sound, Don, this looks a touchdown light to me, this total. Yeah. Like a full, like, you know, we'll, we'll do the pick six later on in the show. We'll do an alt line. You know, I always do alt overs. Can I throw this into my pick six? Over 60 and a half in this game. Both are offenses capable of putting up 30-plus points in a game. It's one of those totals, Donnie, that you all of a sudden have to pull up multiple research, you know, beat reporters. What am I? Who's out? What left tackle's missing? What skill position player's missing? I truly do not understand it. I will say this, Donnie. Talk about, you know, being careful on that plus 350 ticket. A very simple hedge might be a money line or a, or a parlay of Houston plus 10.5 and Oklahoma State minus the five and a half in the Big 12 championship game, a plus 270 payout there, could cash it and still get Cincy into the college football playoff. But it's going to be interesting to see, Donnie, if Oklahoma State does cover that spread against Baylor. But this does seem like the spot of these championship games, Donnie, where people are predicting upset. What do you think about the, what do you think about the Big 12 championship game? It's going to be a good one here, and I do think it's going to be lower scoring. So, yes, a Big 12 championship game at 46 and a half. It's like sign me up on the over. Not so fast in this. These two teams match up fairly well. Two athletic quarterbacks that want to run the football. And also, Kevin, we like to equate different games and how it plays into maybe some psyche of these football teams. What I mean by that is take a look at the times here because I guess if we're focusing on the two most important teams for me on Saturday, forget about Alabama. I don't think they're going to win the game, so I just want to take them out of the equation. It's Oklahoma State and it's Cincinnati. But look at the time frames mm -hmm. here. They didn't do what the NFL typically does in week 18 now is what it's going to be typically week 17 in the past where they say, okay, two teams fighting for a playoff spot. We're going to match you guys both up at 12 o'clock. So you can't look at the scoreboard and have an advantage of what you have to do, what the other team didn't do. So if we take a look at Oklahoma State and Baylor show, they really have a close game. Oklahoma State wins by one point here. So now is there more onus on the 4 o'clock game where Cincinnati goes, okay, Oklahoma State won. That's the one team that can catch us here. We have to blow the doors off our football team with Houston. Or does Baylor actually win that football game and then Cincinnati go, hey, guys, just win here. Let's play conservative. It doesn't matter if we win by one point or ten points at this point, how that's going to play out. So I want to see how that goes off. But if we're just looking at this as a one game here between Oklahoma State and Baylor, Oklahoma State, to me, is the better football team. But it's a neutral site, Kevin, and I think that number shows a lot at five and a half along with a 46 and a half if it's going to be lower scoring there's a better chance that Baylor's going to be able to hang around this game to cover I actually think Baylor has a very good chance Kevin of covering the five and a half in the big 12 championship game 
I think Baylor can win this game here, Donnie. They've been an underdog four times this season. They've won three of those games. Their lone loss to these Oklahoma State Cowboys. That is a tough ask to beat this team twice. And for those that weren't watching that game closely, you might, ah, Oklahoma State, they'll beat them by double digits. It was a late touchdown that took that from a field goal game to the 10-point game with about you know less than three minutes to go. And Oklahoma State nearly turned it over on downs at the goal line. Going in, I know it well. I foolishly took a second half over. It won, by the way. But one of those, you're like, yeah, you know what? I didn't deserve that. It still got there is what it is. But I just look at this spot here, Donnie, as one where Baylor is tremendously live in the football game. Certainly enough time for us to bring up the Big Ten title game. Stunning that we are not talking about Ohio State football here. It is Iowa. It is Michigan. It is a 10.5 point spread and a 43.5 point total. And now you hear me take the deep breath there as you take a look at this game. And you say, boy, this should be a boring game. But at the same way, I look at it, Kevin, at the FanDuel Sportsbook here. And we take a look at the line, 43 and a half. We're not outdoors. We're not playing at Michigan in December where it could be 20 degrees out with 30-mile-an-hour winds and snow. We are going to be in a dome here. Michigan has a good offense, Kevin. They've averaging 37 points per game this year, giving up 17. It's funny because both Iowa and Michigan also give up 17 points here. But I don't like Iowa's offense per se, right? But take a look at the last game they played against Nebraska, 28 points. The week before that, 33 points on offense. The week before that, 27 points on offense. I know this is a low total. It's Big Ten football. Michigan's going to grind it out. Mm. But you've got to be kidding me. Like, to me, I think Michigan can get into the 30s in this game. Iowa should have at least something up their sleeve to get a couple touchdowns here. Give me the over. I'll buck the trend of a lower-scoring Big Ten. I want the over here as we're playing in a dome, and Michigan should be able to handle their business. Four of the last uh, five, four of the five games this year for Michigan away from the big house, over the number. Iowa enters playing three straight overs. All of those games, more than 43 and a half points scored. I like where you're going here, Donnie, for the Big Ten title game. Let's close out our number one by talking LeBron James on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live on the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can find the odds to an MVP. Right now, Steph Curry is the favorite at plus 150. But as we're back here on the early line, I I ask about Steph at plus 150 or Giannis at 5-1, to Durant at 5-1. to one. I ask Donnie, have, have, any of, have any of these guys come back and beat COVID and beat the health and safety protocols and storm back 
and only miss one game here? And in fact, retroactively, they should grade LeBron with what he's been averaging of recent? So I say that's another 30-point, 10-rebound, 10-assist, triple-double for the King. LeBron, false positive, right back in the mix. No more panic in L.A., perhaps. Yeah, take a look at that where it says that on the tweet coming up here. Had eight COVID tests since Saturday and beat them all. That's like eight for eight from three-point range for LeBron James mm. coming to town. But you know what the in- most interesting part about this, Kevin, is no, not that they're going to take on the Clippers, the battle of LA tonight. Everybody's going to have eyes on it. But will everybody have eyes on it? Because somebody is getting fired in the room at ESPN, and why is that? Because they bumped the Clippers and the Lakers out of that primetime spot here and threw on the Suns and the War, which you can't fault them for getting the rematch here. But the whole object of the NBA is to get LeBron on TV as much as possible. Hey, finally, he's back after an injury. Nope, he's not back. Oh, yes, he is back. My goodness. Not a good look here for ESPN. Is LeBron James going to play in anonymity tonight on a Friday? Uh Uh-oh. I'm certainly not in the Walsh household. We will show respect to the king with our league pass and turn on the appropriate. Well, actually, I might be watching AEW Rampage, to be fair. So it kind of depends on the time slot there. All in all, though, it is good to see that this was sorted out because truly we we have seen this year. Players enter health and safety protocols and like, all right, it's the minimum of 10 days. And then it's three weeks later. It's like you think. You think anyone's coming back? Like Middleton was gone for a month and Bede was gone for a month. It's a big boost for the Lakers that LeBron James is back in action tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers, ESPN or not. Game of the week starts hour number two on the early line. It's simple, really. Listen. Win. Don't listen. Lose. I mean, duh. This is the home of the winning. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.